State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hot Happy Mess. Celebrate your magic in the middle of life's messes. Hi, happy mess. I'm Zuri Hall, and this is Hot, Hot Happy, happy Mess. Oh, shoot. <laughs> What's up? Welcome to another episode of Hot Happy Mess. I am your host, Zuri Hall. We have new episodes on Wednesday. So if you're listening to this on day one, happy Wednesday. Wednesday. If not, happy whatever day today is. I'll tell you one thing. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining and I may or may not be sipping a light row. Zay. Zay. Quick update. What am I watching these days? I started watching The Gilded Age on HBO. Is anyone into it? I don't love it as much as Downton Abbey. I'll be honest. But I was really excited because I'm such a history nerd. And I love period pieces. And so this just felt like the next step for me. Julian Fellows, executive produced this. He also did Downton Abbey. I like it. It takes place in New York in the Gilded Age, which I think was like the late 1800s into the early 1900s. I like it. The costumes are pretty. The drama is interesting. I mean, it's kind of this idea of like old money, like the people who Loki hopped off the Mayflower, <laughs> clashing with new money, the the people who were making their money in the early 1900s via like oil and railroads and all those things. So like the new industry tycoons and the fight for power. I also particularly love, there's a character, it's been a while since I binge, so I got to freshen up, but they're really centering the story of one of their characters who's a black woman. The character's name is Peggy Scott. And I love that there's a black storyline that feels meaningful and interesting. And she is, you know, an elite black woman in the 19th century, which I love because so often, you know, we are the sidekick. We are someone to stand in the background. We are a part of helping move forward a different protagonist's story. So what I'm really enjoying, the thing I'm probably enjoying most, quite frankly, about this This period drama is watching this beautiful, super intelligent, ambitious black woman story play out in a way that is her own completely. Like she is the storyline. She's not just there to assist someone else's story. So I would recommend you guys check it out. You might like it. And in the meantime, 
Let's get into today's episode of Hot Happy Mess, yeah? This is the episode that we have all been waiting for. I've been so excited since season one to give you this. We are talking crypto, baby. We're deep diving into Crypto 101. That's cryptocurrency. And our expert, Wendy O, is breaking it all down. You are going to want to grab a pen and a pad or a tablet, an iPad, something. All right. I'm telling you right now. Or, you know, just check hothappymess.com for the episode show notes because I got you covered. We're breaking down all of the questions by time code. So... I can make life easier for you. But before we dive into the episode, over the last few weeks, I've been asking for listeners to join me on the show. So if you want to chat with me and talk self-care, relationships, our favorite episodes, hit me up. Hello at hothappymess.com. Subject line, chat with Z. And let me know if you want to come on the show. Let me know why. Let me know what you want to talk about. If you want to recommend a friend and then we'll get you in, okay? All right. In the meantime, let's get into this episode. I am super excited for y'all to hear the combo with Wendy and begin your journey or continue your journey to financial freedom, because I genuinely believe that this new space we find ourselves in with crypto, NFTs, Web 3.0 is one of the most optimal paths to financial freedom. It's a really special opportunity and I don't want you to miss out on it. And we're going to have more episodes in this space. Okay, so let's do this. Here's Wendy O. All right, you guys, it's time to get our crypto on. Not just crypto, crypto, NFTs, DeFi, metaverse, gaming, all the things. Actually, uh, we're talking about it with Wendy O because she has been doing the daily crypto news for over three years, following the trends and the pulse of the industry, the regulation, the technical analysis, the interviews, reviews, Um, basically anything and everything to do with crypto. Uh, She is such a pro in her space and she is sharing her wisdom and her expertise with us today. So Wendy O, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Zuri, for having me on. I'm excited to chat with you guys. When I got the email, my team was so excited. They're like, oh my God, you have to do this. You have to do this. I was like, of course I'm going to do it because I love to chat about crypto with everybody because it's just so much fun. Yeah, it's so much fun. Um, There's such a significant empowerment angle for me, too. That's what I'm really passionate about when I think about leveling the playing field, um, a point of entry that just about anyone can access. um, It's really exciting in that way for me. So I'm I'm really grateful to you for, you know, helping put us on game, learn, learn a little bit more than we might have known before this episode. But before we get into the nitty gritty of um, all of this amazing technology, um, I want to just learn a little bit about you. You were in healthcare before before you got into crypto, right? Yeah, so I'm born and raised in Los Angeles County. And prior to crypto, I actually worked at the largest HIV AIDS nonprofit in the world. And if your listeners are primarily from LA County, you guys have seen the billboards. You're going to know what company this is. I'm not going to say what it is, but you guys are going to know the company. So I worked at that company for seven years. Um, I basically did patient coordination care. Like I coordinated their care. I had two to 300 clients that I serviced monthly. I made sure they were going to their doctors, that they were taking their meds, that if they needed additional help outside of what we provided, I was linking them with different people. Sometimes we get, we also offered HIV testing at the site. So sometimes I would get clients that were newly diagnosed. They didn't know where to go. They were, it was kind of like a shock to them. So that was my job. It was really it was providing healthcare services, but it was really kind of getting to know my clients. Um, because, and the interesting thing about HIV AIDS is that it's not just one demographic. It literally can be anybody from any background because that does not, there's no discrimination there. Like it, that's just what it is. So it was important for me to get to know each individual client, their culture, their personality, where they came from, like just everything about them. So I worked in healthcare. I did that. 
And I, I finally decided, you know, I was going to have a baby. So I had my daughter, but my commute was so crazy. And everybody that lives in LA or LA County, you know, that there's traffic, <laughs> like there, oh my gosh. <laughs> there is traffic. So my commute was three hours round trip, four times a week. I was currently like nursing my daughter. So you like you get a little bit uncomfortable in that car ride. And I just remember, I was like, I have to do something. Like I initially wanted to, um, to become a pharmacist. Cause I thought, you know, making six figures a year was great is like whatever. But then I learned that if I wanted to become a pharmacist, you have to take out student loan debt and with student loan debt, you have to, um, I was going to have to have like $300,000 worth that I would have to pay back. And on top of it, my stuff was going to be capped at like a hundred thousand dollars. There wasn't any room for raises. So it just kind of, it kind of set me off. So I was like, you know, I want to become an entrepreneur. Like I was able to put myself through community college selling like used vintage designer goods on eBay. And I decided to switch interest over into, um, to business and then end of 2017, I kept hearing about Bitcoin on Libertarian Radio. So I just kind of decided to buy in because I initially heard about it in 2011, 2012 from a family member. But I didn't think I was smart enough to participate because it was tech heavy. And I'm like, I don't come from a math background. I don't come from a tech world. But I finally got the confidence to do so in 2017. And I bought some Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin. And my daughter, I was holding my daughter. She was crying. But I was able to do it on Coinbase. And then it just kind of snowballed into this really amazing career that I have today. Yeah. I love hearing about that evolution. We started buying in around the same time, it seems then, because 2017 is when I was like, wait, what is this thing? I don't get it. I'm not into the tech stuff. And then by the end, I would be in the newsroom and I was like the person making the transfers for the, the altcoins that you couldn't quite get on the, the bigger platforms yet. And my coworkers were like, wait, I want to buy XRP. Wait, I wanted this or that. And I was just like, what is this new world? But it was so fascinating to me. And it's been really uh, fascinating to see just how quickly um, it's it's really blown up into this mainstream conversation. I mean, you're here in LA, as am I. We've got the crypto.com arena now. I love like the it. Fact that I that, love it. Right? Like, isn't that wild? That it was. That's the Staples Center, isn't it? it yeah, it was the Staples Center, but now what? it is like the crypto.com arena. And yes. they're great. Like they're great. And there's so many like. One of the biggest problems we have in crypto is the lack of customer service and all of my clients and like any of the companies I talk to, I'm like, you guys need to do better with customer service and you need to do better with education because one of the biggest problems is, is in the United States. I don't care what your background is. Well, for the most part, in public schools, in public schools, we are not really STEM heavy. And in other countries, they are. We don't talk about personal finance. We don't talk about money. We don't talk about finances. We don't really push too heavy on STEM. And I grew up super poor. So my mom's like my mom, her primary job was to get me and my two sisters to get to school, to get home, do our homework. And that was it. So like focusing like heavily on tech or focusing on math wasn't really we didn't have she didn't have time for that. And, you know, you know, I, I had to learn about tech and math later on in my life because I, you know, I worked in healthcare, and then now I get to do it in crypto, which is really interesting because I never so, do you ever do something and you think to yourself, like, I would never do this in a million years. And then here you are doing this particular thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you found yourself looking up and just like smack dab in the middle of this world of crypto. Wow. I, I love um, particularly you sharing that about your background, right? Growing up poor and 
yet finding yourself in this space that, again, is such an opportunity for economic empowerment and equity. Um, You know, I really look at this space as an opportunity to whether it's quitting the nine to five or starting a side hustle, passive income, storing value, um, traveling, whatever it is, generational wealth. It's a really great opportunity um, to balance the scales, right, particularly for women, particularly for people of color, um, people of socioeconomic backgrounds like myself growing up in the inner city in Toledo, Ohio, where I came from nothing too. I had to figure it all out. I went to the best private country day school in my state, arguably, um, on an academic scholarship. I could have never afforded to go there otherwise. And yet still, no one taught us about financial literacy or like how to even balance a checkbook or how, you know, the credit system works. So you graduate or savings I, accounts like yes. how like or student loan debt. Like I remember because I start like because I had like a bit of a rough upbringing. So I got in a lot of trouble. I made really poor life decisions. And plus, like uh, there's other things that are out of my control that happened. But I just remember like going to I started late back at community college and they just kept trying to push student loans, student loans, student loans. And I'm like, OK, like education is important, but Like, why are you put like, why do I have to take money out to go to school to get a good job? I didn't understand how it works. I was like always like against that. But they don't teach you. (laughs) They don't teach you what an interest rate is. What is an APR? What is an APY? Like what that's going to look like. And I feel like they kind of should do that. I feel like it's kind of their responsibility. Like the, the SEC is supposed to be protecting investors, but at the same time, they allow all these predatory yep. <laughs> exactly. financial products. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, this is not, you know, and it's legal to show up your freshman year of college when you are clueless and know nothing and convince you to potentially sign your life away, really, for these credit cards. I remember when I got my first credit card at 18 and I was like, wait, what? I just have to sign here and then I can like borrow five thousand dollars from you. Never mind the fact I'm not thinking about how the hell I'm going to pay that back when I barely got five hundred dollars or what it's going to do to my credit score or what the repercussions are when you go through life with a bad credit score. No one talks about, okay, well, one day you're going to have to finance a car. One day you're going to want a mortgage. One day, you know, jobs, employers will potentially run credit checks on you. Mm -hmm. And it's really sad that we have to learn these things the hard way. But I am so grateful for technology that allows people like you to spread the good news, to spread the knowledge and share that wealth of information for people who otherwise wouldn't be able to. You said that you grew up uh, poor without a father. You experienced a bit of trauma that your crypto journey hasn't been easy, but that you want to be a voice for the voiceless and the underdogs, which I love. And so um, that so resonates with me. I feel the same um, in that way. You want to be a representation for others who experienced and survived similar things to you. So I'm curious to know, what does that look like in the day-to-day for you now? What does it mean for you to be an influencer in the crypto space? What are you doing? So for me, the way I start my day is like, I have a five-year-old, so she is... She always comes first. And like we wake up, we do our positive affirmations. Of course, someday mm. she fights me like she tried to fight me this morning. <laughs> She's like, I'm not getting up. I'm like, you're get you're getting yeah. up. Um, but like I get up and I like, I'll do like like a deal. A, a daily day with me is I get up, get my stuff together, do some positive affirmations. I'll do like some jumping jacks or jump squats while I'm making my coffee. I do like a, a YouTube short. So I cover Bitcoin price because I, you know, I trade a little bit. I know a little bit okay. about trading. Right. And then um I get her, my daughter situated. I prep for my news and I put a YouTube piece out and it's basically about news. So basically the news segments that we do, I always encourage my audience. I love, I want my audience to listen to me. I want them to resonate with me. But at the same time, I'm like, don't listen to everything I say. Take the information I'm telling you. 
listen to it. If it resonates with you, great. But at the same time, I want you to continue to educate yourself. Just because I say something doesn't mean that it's the end all be all. We need to check multiple media sources. We need to edu- self-educate ourselves. We need to empower ourselves. So I try to push that off to my audience. So we do all, I do all that stuff. I have clients, I get calls, and then I'll do like a second content piece, do TikTok and stuff like that. But my main job when I'm making media doesn't matter if it's a sponsored piece. It doesn't matter if it's like a 60 second piece. It doesn't matter what it is. My job is to be real with my audience. And there's a lot of people in crypto that just like kind of spew and they talk out the side of their neck. And that's great. Like the idea of getting rich and, you know, Bitcoin going to the moon and whatever coin going to whatever, you know, dollar. That's great. But we like to focus on realism and we focus on self-education. The way that I learned about blockchain tech and Bitcoin, I really understand the importance of Bitcoin was I remember when I was on my lunch break at work, I was pumping and I, would, I think we would get like 15 minutes at a time. I would take 10 minutes and I would just read about what is Bitcoin? What is blockchain technology? What is um, finite mean? What is a public ledger? So I would take this time and I would Google search stuff and I would research things. Investopedia, you guys, Investopedia is 100% free. It is a website and it talks to you about traditional financial products, anything in traditional finance and it ta- starting to talk about crypto. If you want to learn to trade, you start there. If you want to know anything, like you can look up, tra- I think tra- the term transitory, which is kind of a meme now, it is on that website. And if you don't understand something, There is no shame in Google searching and figuring out what that term is. I do that too. There's some, I remember when I heard the term transitory, I'm like, what is this? What is transitory? Wait, so tell us, because I know half, 75% of the people, even I can probably define it right now, even though I hear it all the time. What is transitory for the folks listening? Transitory supposedly means temporary, but the government and I'll be nice and I'll just call them the government, are public servants. They like to use big words. They like to use words that are not in plain English to write their bills, to push content out, whatever it is. And to me, I'm thinking to myself, you guys are not using plain English, but we are taught plain English in the Mm. public school system. So Mm. I don't care what your background is. But if you have a group of kids, and I grew up in L.A. County, so everything is super, super, there's people from all over the place. You have public school, you have a classroom, and you're teaching kids things in plain English, but your public servants are not speaking in plain English and the bills and the laws that they're passing are like 5,000 pages, a hundred pages, 200 pages, whatever it is. And it's not in plain English. That's a problem right there. That is a massive problem because you can have people from all different backgrounds in one classroom. And if you're not teaching them in plain English, you're doing a disservice to in the entire community. So but there's no shame in, re- in Google searching and researching stuff like we have our cell phones. We have most people have access to the Internet in the United States. There's no shame and researching this stuff and educating yourself. We all learn at different paces. We all, there's different things that are exciting to us. So just continue to educate yourself. But my main goal is to remind my audience, you have to take profit. You have to learn about personal finance. You need to, what is disposable income? You know, what, what are, what are these terms? So I try to break things down as simple as possible. And the reason why, when I first got into crypto, it was filled with mostly men and it's still very heavily male dominated. Most of these guys are super tech savvy and smart, which amazing, but they were really nasty. Like if you were not a coder, they're like, if you don't code, you need to leave. And I'm like, I'm not leaving. You're not going to tell me I need to leave or do anything like. Like, I don't know who you are, but no, you, I'm not going to leave. Bitcoin is for the people. It's created by the people. I'm not leaving. So you can take your high, you can take yourself and just, no, you're not going to tell me. To leave. 
I was like, there are a couple of ways we could have ended that sentence. You can take yourself and dot, dot, dot. There's a few a few places my mind went, but I'm picking up yes. what you're putting down. Um, you're so right about that education um, being so necessary and how ill-equipped we are through no fault of our own, because for, you know, those first formative 18 years or whatever it is, if we're not lucky enough to be in a private school or, you know, homeschooled, then we're just a part of a public school system. And the government is very much um, the organization, the company, the the administration that dictates what that is that gets us ready for the real world. Um, to that point of education, this is a crypto 101, um, web 3.0, meta 101 uh, conversation for the listeners. So just for those who are listening and still are like, okay, I think I know, I'm not entirely sure. Like, what is cryptocurrency? We're talking like the most basic question I know. So crypto is it's money. It is intangible money. It is electricity. Somebody actually on TikTok was like electricity dollars. So I was like, you know what? I like that. But it's basically intangible money. And I know that when you hear cryptocurrency, you're like, what the heck is crypto? Like, this seems hard. It's complicated. And yes, it is. It is because if you look at the actual tech behind this stuff, it can get a little bit complex. But guess what? Just because you don't come from a tech heavy background, just because you might not understand this initially doesn't mean that you cannot participate in this decentralized economy. So when you think about cryptocurrency, just think about money. We all use credit cards, debit cards, Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, whatever it is. So we're using money that's not really tangible as it is. So just think of crypto as a step further and it's electric cash to an extent because you're able to send like if I wanted to send you money. I can send you Bitcoin. I can send you whatever currency that you want to be paid in for whatever it is. Or I can send anyone from the audience, you know, Bitcoin or any type of cryptocurrency. And you can go ahead and take that cryptocurrency to a centralized exchange or to a decentralized exchange. And then you can flip it into a currency that you can go ahead and cash out and put it onto your bank account. And then you can go ahead and spend those fiat dollars. So it's just it's it's simply electric cash. Right, right. And I'm hearing all of these terms. And while I know what they mean now, I remember that chapter when I was like, wait, what? Fiat? Decentralized? What? 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 So decentralized versus centralized. Decentralized um, transactions, a decentralized space, worlds. Like, what is that exactly? So the term decentralized is, it sounds like a complex topic, but it's really not. So let's first talk about what centralized is because we're all living in a centralized economy. So when we're talking about a centralized economy, it could be different um, sectors also. So for example, let's talk about the banks. So banks are centralized and that means we have these entities, maybe like 10, 20, whatever, however many banks, but we have these central entities that we go, that you and I go to, maybe it's a Wells Fargo, Bank of America, we all go to, we put our money in and that's that. And then these centralized entities, they have more bodies on top of them that dictate what they can and can't do. So basically a centralized entity is a bank. And there's all these laws and regulations requiring what you can and can't do at a bank. There's FDIC insurance. So let's say something happens, you call your bank, hey, somebody's, you know, charging this on my debit card or whatever, you can go ahead and get a refund. Okay, that's great. No, but there's a problem when we're talking about a centralized entity. The problem at hand is, is you have all of these people, you have humans in charge of your money. And that can 
trigger some things. Some of those things that can happen, people can be discriminated against. You might not be able to get a car loan or a loan for your small business or whatever it is, maybe based on the color of your skin or your gender or whatever that can be. And that's because you have people making decisions for you. Yes, there are laws and regulations to, you know, kind of stop that from happening. But unfortunately, we know that that doesn't stop people from discriminating when they are committed. To and it. I'm like, I'm like, I got stories on that too. So please, because yeah. there's a local okay. boxing gym, shout out to the self-care lab in Pomona, California that I'm helping. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get them back open again. We could talk about that later. Okay. But yeah. st- stuff like there's stuff that happens. So when you're dealing with a centralized entity, you get to kind of, there's, there's a lot of restrictions. So that's what it is. And there's laws and regulations mm-hmm. that can potentially. When we talk about the man, big brother, like this, this sort of all knowing power that in- controls our lives, right? Like, yeah, that's the federal, the federal reserve, the government, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about a decentralized entity, a decentralized entity, everybody is treated equal because when we're talking about the Bitcoin network, we're talking about Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a decentralized entity kind of in a way. And it's like, it it is a currency. Some people like to use it as a store of value wealth, but we're talking about the Bitcoin network. It's truly decentralized because you do have miners that kind of, in a way, kind of facilitate those transactions. So they kind of act like a bank, but they're not a bank because they don't have laws and regulations because you don't know who's mining your Bitcoin. You don't know who's facilitating that transaction for you. So you can go ahead. And what is mining? Just to Mining is basically how Bitcoin works. You have to have miners. And what these miners do, it's called proof of work, POW, and they kind of facilitate transactions. So if I want to send you Bitcoin, there's going to be some miners that are kind of in the middle of that transaction and their computers are fighting, 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 trying to solve these math equations, which I know that sounds kind of crazy, but whoever wins that math equation solves it. They get to facilitate the transaction and make sure the Bitcoin I have is being sent to you. And then they get a little bit of that reward. So there is a transaction fee. But I don't know who these miners are. They can Mm -hmm. be from China. They could be from Mexico. They could be from Africa. They can be from Spain. They could be from Italy. And I don't know who they are. And there's no way for me to say, you know, I don't want this miner to facilitate my transaction because of X, Y and Z. So that's what we Mm -hmm. talk about decentralized. But at the same time, decentralization can be a little bit scary because a lot and a lot of people don't want to talk about this, especially in crypto, because you can pretty much do and say whatever you want. But that's another topic for another time, because it's it's a very it's a very complex thing. But it's decentralization is actually really cool. And it Bitcoin really does, in my opinion, empowers people from all different walks of life. Like all you have to do, all you have to do is self-educate yourself. And there's a lot of free resources out there, free resources out there. I've got a newsletter I do, a free newsletter. Everything I do is like 100% free, but all you have to do is just find out, like empower yourself and understand that you're smart, you are brilliant, you're a beautiful person, and you are equipped to self-educate yourself about this stuff. And I think it's a really beautiful and cool thing. Amen, well said, so true. Um, you dropped the phrase fiat. Uh, we're not talking about cars when we say fiat. No cars, not, fiat? not those Gucci fiats. <laughs> right. So fiat is, and it's, I really hate the term fiat because it's like, what is this thing? But fiat is cash. So basically, United States has a dollar, Mexico has a peso, um, other countries have their different fiat currency. So basically, when you hear the term fiat, all it means is a centralized currency. That's all that it means. It is not a decentralized currency. It is a centralized currency. And the reason why fiat is a centralized currency is because you have people that are controlling how much money is printed, what is happening with this money and vice versa. With Bitcoin, there's only 21 million Bitcoin that were ever made. And Bitcoin is a little bit different than fiat because it's backed by code. And math is actually pretty cool because no matter what, 
one plus one is two and two plus two is four. And you can't, you can't change that. Like if I hand you four oranges, it's always going to be four oranges. You can't unless, you know, obviously unless you eat one, but, but you know what I mean? You, you can't, you can't change math and, and Bitcoin is backed by math. So if somebody says, you know, I want to make more Bitcoin, you can't because that's the way the code is set and you cannot change it. But when we're talking about dollars, and I know a lot of you guys in Los Angeles County are feeling the pressure. Inflation is at 7.5%. That means your $1 bill, well, your one USD, your one fiat currency is not worth $1 anymore. Your purchasing power is gone down. And that means you cannot buy as many things as you used to with that $1. And I know everybody can relate to that because gas is crazy. Milk is crazy. Everything is crazy. But, but the issue with Bitcoin is, then there's a negative side. When we're talking about true decentralization, we're talking about freedom, self-sovereignty, which we could talk about that in a minute. With Bitcoin, because there's no centralized entity controlling it, because there's no centralized entity controlling it, if, you, if I accidentally, let's say I need to send you $1,000 in Bitcoin for something, and I accidentally screw the wallet address up and I send it to somebody else, there's no entity I can call and be like, hey, you know, I sent that $1,000 to somebody yeah. who was supposed to go to Zuri. That's there's it. nobody I could call. That's it. But at the same time, with great, or how, what is that saying? With great responsibility, what did they say? Right, the Spider-Man saying, I, I always butcher quotes <laughs> on this podcast. So I can't, be, okay. with great power comes great responsibility. Yes, that and the reason why- right. That, that is that is exactly right. Um, so the reason why that's so powerful and why it's so true is because with Bitcoin, you actually, if you're not utilizing a centralized exchange like FTX US, a Coinbase, a Crypto.com, and you actually are holding on to your Bitcoin, whether it be a paper wallet or a ledger, um, you have true custody of it. Let's say, for example, let's say, for example, God forbid something happens in the United States and we're invaded and the banks get shut down. Your money is gone. Your money is 100% gone. There's nobody that you can call. And we're very blessed. Like the United States does have its problems. I'm not saying that we're perfect. But at the same time, we have never really kind of been invaded like some of these other countries. So let's say somebody comes in and invades us, shuts the banks down. Everything's down. You don't have access to your money. But if you have Bitcoin and you hold Bitcoin on a cent on a um, paper wallet or ledger treasury, you own those keys. You simply memorize your private keys, which is your seed phrase. You never give your seed phrase out to anybody. I don't care who's DMing you on the Internet. I don't care who's asking mm -hmm. for it. your seed phrase. That is your that's like your firstborn child. You're never going to give that up, you know. And what is so the your seed phrase again? That's sort of the password or the, the key code to access your Funds, yeah. your cryptocurrency. Yeah. So your private, your private seed phrase is basically like a password is a very special, unique password is generally a different combination of words. And you keep that private and you keep that to yourself and you keep that somewhere safe and secure. There's different ways that you can protect that. Um, but you keep that safe and secure, but you memorize that seed phrase in your head or you store it somewhere safe and secure. And guess what? You have your money. You have access to your money. People right. can't, no one can take that from you. But if you leave your money in the bank and the, let's say, you'll say, let's say you say something and that somebody doesn't like that. Somebody big and powerful doesn't like that. They can come and this happened in Cuba way back when it's happened in oppressive countries. It's happened in my family um, yeah. on both sides, but they can come in, they can take your money and you can't yeah. get your money back. But with Bitcoin, if you have control of your keys, of your private seed phrase, you own your money. Nobody can take your money and you can flee wherever it is. You can start off in the United States 
swim across the ocean and up in another country and be able to access some sort of system there and get access to your money because you have your private seed phrase here. And that's why there's a problem with gold is because people think, oh, well, I'm going to get gold and silver. That's great. I'm not telling you not to. But at the same time, God forbid somebody comes into your house. What are you going to do? Take, go get your gold. Go get Wait, your safe. Let me go get, get, your- get my hundred gold bars and <laughs> throw them in the yeah. back of my getaway car. <laughs> yeah. But if you have your private seed phrase, you literally you have that up here and you can run and you can flee. And you can access that at a later time. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You talked about storage. Let's talk about cold storage for a minute. A ledger. What exactly is, is a ledger? And is it true your daughter has one? I read that your, your five-year-old has her own personal ledger. So my daughter, she, my daughter has Bitcoin. And I bought bought her some so she knows she has Bitcoin. And like, I don't get I'm very private with what I talk about, like my family and stuff. But she goes by low. And so she says, you know, mom, that's my that's my Internet name. That's my stage name. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows nobody needs to know my real name. And she's like, I also don't tell people I have Bitcoin, but she has she has Bitcoin. So I have a little ledger for her. It is put away very safely and securely. She doesn't know where it is. She doesn't know her seed phrase because, you know, kids, they just out the side of their neck. Kids will (laughs) blow up their whole spot. <laughs> exactly. So she doesn't know, but she has Bitcoin. And I, what I did was, and some people might think I'm absolutely crazy, but when Bitcoin broke below $10,000 and I, um, i liquidated her savings account. There's like a thousand, couple thousand dollars in there. I bought her Bitcoin. And so she that doesn't, to me, does not sound crazy. That seems like <laughs> okay, striking while the iron is hot and the best thing you could do for her. <laughs> yeah. So I went and she's got Bitcoin and you know, I don't know what the value of that will be in a long time, but I figure, you know yeah. what? Either I take this chance now because, I, you know, it was, it, it was I had I had money, other, other cash in savings accounts. And that was supposed to be her, like her college or whatever it was. But I was like, you know, I'm going to take this chance and I'll figure mm-hmm. out how to make more money later. And I did. And it worked out really well. So yeah. she's outperformed so quite a few traders. And but but back to what cold storage is basically there's there's different ways to utilize cryptocurrency. We talk about centralized versus decentralized earlier on in the show. So I explained that cent- a centralized entity is similar to a bank. So we do have cryptocurrency exchanges. We have like FTX US and Coinbase and Crypto.com, Voyager, Gemini, Celsius. Those are centralized entities because there is a person that is, there's a group of people or a person that is holding on to your crypto. Because what happens is you get your cryptocurrency, you deposit in one of these centralized exchanges, you can earn passive. There's, you know, they kind of act like banks. You could trade, do whatever it is you want to do. But now in 2022, and this really wasn't super prevalent back in 2017, basically nobody was using decentralized applications, dApps in 2017, because there wasn't a whole lot. You kind of, I felt like in 2017 to access a dApp, you had to be like super tech smart because nobody was using MetaMask, nobody was doing that. But now in 2017, um, when we're, we're utilizing like cold storage, like a ledger, a Trezor, MetaMask, um, TrustWallet, whatever it may be, you mm-hmm. get to actually control your keys. And that means you have your control of your cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. 
You have control of your, your password and you are not putting your money onto an exchange for somebody else to hold. You get to have control over your keys that, and your right. crypto. So let's say you want to use a decentralized exchange. You can simply go ahead and log on. Obviously, you have a password for that, which is going to be different from your private seed phrase. And then you get to control your crypto and dictate what you want to buy and sell and, and whatnot. So we're still in crypto, the crypto industry, we're still building out our DEXs to make them a little bit more user friendly. But they're a lot better than what they were like 2017 and 2018. But owning, owning like some people... And I'm going to say this, too, and this is this is not necessarily a popular opinion. A lot of people in crypto get mad about it. But if you're brand new to crypto and you have no idea what a private key is, what a decentralized wallet is, you're going to learn. I promise you, you're going to get it. You're going to understand it. You're going to learn. But I highly recommend you don't jump into cold storage right away, because if you forget your private seed phrase and your passwords get into this stuff, your crypto is gone. There is no customer support line because you're talking about a decentral. You're talking about true decentralization there. I think it's a little yeah. bit better, like when you're first starting out, obviously you want to use disposable income, do what works best for you and your family, but try using a centralized exchange while you're educating yourself. And then once you've educated yourself and you feel confident and you know good OPSEC, then, you know, slowly but surely move over to a decentralized entity like, you know, utilizing a ledger, or treasure or paper yeah. wallet or whatever it is. Right, right. And just for further clarification for anyone who might be like, okay, I think I get it. We are talking about something tangible that you can hold. So this is like a ledger that you can put away in a closet, set away in a table, lock away in a safe. Um, But that is it. And you don't (laughs) need to be telling anybody, well, you don't need to be telling anybody, random people where your stuff is. Like you need to keep that safe. But obviously, like God forbid something happens you do need to have like a plan or something. So yeah. And that's still kind of being worked out because the laws and regulations regarding crypto, they're so uncertain, especially in the United States. So I feel like we're going to see more attorneys that are going to be like, like trust attorneys that are going to be able to help people with that stuff. So I can't, Mm -hmm. I I can't wait for that because we really, it's a really big problem that we have. Yeah. Uh, Blockchain. That's a big word that we hear all the time in, in these conversations in this space. What exactly is blockchain? So with blockchain, because it can get super tech heavy, I'm going to give a very simple explanation. Blockchain is the technology that makes cryptocurrency work. Blockchain allows for me to send you Bitcoin and blockchain allows for you to send, you know, your mom Bitcoin or, you know, your friend or whoever it is or any type of cryptocurrency. But it's basically the coding and the technology that facilitates everything that makes everything work. So it can get really tech heavy and complicated. And I don't even like to get into the super tech heavy stuff behind it, because let's face it. Do you know how your debit card works? Girl, no, I just swipe it and keep it moving with my new purchases. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so that's the thing is we don't really know that like and I couldn't tell you how my 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 cell phones work. I couldn't tell you the Mm -hmm. iPhone, the Android, none of it. I wouldn't know how to tell you how this stuff works. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. You don't have to know the super like you don't have to know exactly how this stuff works. But basically blockchain technology, if you want to educate yourself on it more, that's totally fine. Google search or you've been able to read a lot of different great articles. But basically it is the technology that makes crypto work and it's code it. it is math it is a bunch of ones and zeros all that type of stuff Ooh, 
Heavy tech, heavy tech, ones and zeros. Okay, so you guys go do that due diligence if you're interested in it. You, you can obviously research that yourself. Um, I wanna quickly just kind of break down the difference between some of these coins. You know, we talk a lot about Bitcoin, um, Satoshi Nakamoto being the, the the person who who gave this to the world, this gift to the world, uh, but there's so many coins now and so many oh, different yes. creators of various coins. We've got meme coins, alt coins, stable coins. What, what is sort of the biggest fund fundamental difference between each of these types of coins and are there ones that is, is there one type of coin that you get behind or are you kind of a YOLO whatever you're into do it person like are there some that you're like don't touch it with a 10 foot pole this is the thing with me I really believe in each individual's person right to choose like if you want to invest in project a and that you like it great I don't want to tell you that not to invest in it. Like, obviously, like there's certain projects I don't like and I won't touch. But at the same time, who am I to think that I'm smarter than you or that I'm better than you? Because I'm not. I might disagree and be like, you know, I don't agree with this and I'll give you a reason why. But I'm not here to tell anybody that they're wrong or right. Um, But there are a lot of different coins. So we have Bitcoin. Bitcoin was like one of the first cryptocurrencies ever created. It is essentially like it is electric cash. Um, It's more of like a gold standard, like, um, you know, a store of value these days, but a lot of people like it because it's been around so long. So I love Bitcoin. A lot of my portfolio is in Bitcoin. Um, Then we have stable coins. Stable coins are essentially one to one. So one stable coin equals one US dollar, vice versa. And they don't really fluctuate in price because they are pegged one to one with the US dollar and they're backed by bonds, all this other kind of stuff. So it's essentially kind of like they're kind of centralized to an extent. But at the same time, the cool thing about a stable coin they don't fluctuate in price. And now in 2022, you can take your fiat currencies, your dollars, you can buy stable coins, you can leave it on a centralized platform like Celsius, FTX, US, Gemini, whatever, and you can earn passive income up to like 20%. Um, your bank only pays you 0.1 to 0.03%. So that's a that's a cool thing for some people that want to get some passive income by not doing anything. And then there's like the top 100 coins, like Ethereum is a great coin because you could, a lot of people like to build on top of it. We have different chains, um, Ethereum, Solana, um, Phantom, Atom, all these different chains, GoChain, whatever it is. So we've got all these different chains. And then like we have the meme coins and the pump and dumps and the risky stuff. So you can make money on these things. um, But at the same time, like if you're going to be investing in some of the really, really risky assets, the ones with low liquidity, not a lot of people are interested in the market. All I'm going to tell you, I support your decision to do whatever it is you want to do. But one other thing I'm going to tell you, you better be using disposable income. You better have a trading or investing plan. You better, if you're going to invest in crypto, I don't even care if it's Bitcoin. You need to expect that your money can go to zero at any day. And even though I love Bitcoin, I believe in it, it is still a risk. Just like the U.S. dollar, the U.S. dollar can literally be worth nothing tomorrow because of all the crazy things that are happening in the world. So an investment is a risk. You're not guaranteed anything. Um, so there's there's different sectors of different coins. Some of them have more utility than others. And that's just how the game works. And yeah. you just have to be like one of the things I do want to say is make sure that you understand what you're putting your money into before you do it. Just because maybe your cousin told you or your friend told you or this person told you, you don't believe anybody. Like, listen to what they say, but you're all smart enough to educate yourself on this stuff and educate yourself on the risks. 
Yeah. It's really great that you say that because it's so true. You know, I think at this point we've all had those experiences. Hell, sometimes I've been the friend or the family member texting the people I care about when I see an opportunity financially and say, you should look into this. You should really consider investing. But I also get the text, Doge just blowing up, invest Shiba Inu. Like I know it's a meme coin, but I'm telling you like in three months, it's going to go here or there. Um, So doing your own due diligence is so necessary. And to that point about, you know, Shiba and Doge, like those specifically are what we're talking about when we say meme coins, right? Yeah. So those are meme coins and there's like, it's super easy to create a cryptocurrency. You, anybody can do it for the most part. They have websites, you put codes or whatever, whatever. I don't know. I don't do it. I don't have my own coin. I never plan on having my own coin. I don't think there's a reason for it. Um, I don't want to deal with the SEC in any way, shape or form. I literally pay all of my crypto taxes and I cry to my CPA attorney. I'm like, here's my stuff. Just tell me how much I owe. I'm having, I'm not okay right now. Just tell me. Yeah. But like, but honestly, like you can't, you totally can make money with Shiba Inu and Dogecoin. You can't. But at the same time, you could, there's an opportunity to lose money. Like I remember I was telling people, everyone's like, Dogecoin is going to hit a dollar. I fought with all of TikTok. I fought with TikTok. I was like, <laughs> this is not going to hit a dollar. Like I'm not here. And they're like, you're mad because you're poor. And I'm like, I'm like, listen, I was like, I bought, I bought Dogecoin when it was like under a penny. Like I Shut have. Up. Yeah, I bought it, I think at 50 Satoshis or something like that. It was under a penny. So I bought it and I I, I knew that it was going to pump because it's a cyclical coin. You can literally tell by looking at the chart. So basically, Dogecoin is a long term thing. You buy when this thing is like when it's like at like dumping, when it's like worth mm-hmm. nothing. That's when you buy it. You hold on to it for a year or two. It's going to pump because it's very cyclical. But they were fighting mm-hmm. with me. They're like, it's going to be a dollar. You're an idiot. You don't want to talk about it. I'm like, OK, fine, whatever. Like I literally what happened was I took my like once it started pumping, I sold, um, I think I sold, I, I made $10,000. I sold some of it wow. and it was just, I still have a bunch left. And, yeah. and I told, like, I told my audience, I was like, dude, take your profits, make a moon bag. And we'll, I want to talk about a moon bag after this. Cause Ooh, moon bags what's a moon are like, bag? I that sounds yeah. exciting. Okay. I don't even know what that is. So let's talk about a moon bag. And I, this, my, when I talk about a moon bag, it was my most viewed video on TikTok or on TikTok. I think I got 560,000 views and on YouTube, we got 660,000 views, but this is what a moon bag is. And please listen to this and replay this over and over again. A moon bag is when you invest in any asset. It could be a traditional financial asset, but for purposes of this, we're talking about crypto because that's what I do. But basically you get some disposable income and notice I'm saying disposable income. Money for your mortgage, you'd want to make sure you like you don't take that. But if it's like extra right. stuff like Starbucks or like play, play money, whatever it is, that's fine. But things that you have to actually pay your bills for, you do that. So basically, this is money that you can afford to lose. If it goes to zero, you don't care. So you take that money, you invest in an asset. Okay, great. So you got some skin in the game. Well, guess what? The market starts going crazy and the, pro- the asset starts appreciating in value. So let's say you bought... Um, cryptocurrency AB at $1 and the market. And then all of a sudden the market started going crazy. And then cryptocurrency AB is now worth $10 per coin. So you're like, oh my God, I 10 times my initial investment. So once you see that, oh my God, I made money. You pull out your initial investment and you pull out your profit. So let's say you invested a thousand dollars in, you want to take that thousand dollars out. Then you want to take an additional thousand dollars out or whatever you feel comfortable. You have to make sure you, you know, pay attention to your trading investing plan. And then whatever you have left over, you own free and clear. And that's called a moon bag. And the reason why it's a moon bag mm. is because you removed your initial investment. You remove some profit you paid yourself. So whatever you own free and clear, this thing could literally go to a million dollars per coin 
great, you made money. Or this thing could go to zero because it's crypto and that happens a lot. And then that's okay. Yeah, and that's okay too. And then depending on what the project is, if it's a project you could earn passive income on, you can stake, you can farm it, like do whatever it is, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But making a moon bag is going to be the best way for people to thrive. And the reason why we don't talk about this a lot, but trading and investing is very psychological. There's a lot of emotions involved. And when people, when there's money on the line, money makes people ugly. Like I can't Mm -hmm. begin to tell you how ugly, like I grew up poor. So I like, if I go back to being poor again, I'm fine. Like I, I Mm -hmm. lived that life. I've I've been there. So I don't care, but I've seen other people and I'm just like, Oh my God, like you guys are just ridiculous with money. But when you remove your initial investment and you, you have this like big, a stack of bricks that you've lifted off your chest and you're just not super stressed out about it. You're not constantly checking your portfolio, any of that stuff. So it's a really beautiful thing to, to remove your risk and to pay yourself and to acknowledge your gains. And then what you do is, is you take that because it was disposable income in the beginning. Anyways, you take that, the profit and the disposable income and you decide what you want to do. Maybe you want to take that disposable income and you want to put it into another asset. And maybe that asset does the same thing, or maybe it only does like one time or two times or whatever it is, or 20%. And then you just keep removing profit in your initial investment. And you just keep doing that over and over again. You rinse and repeat and you do it over and over and over again. And eventually you're going to start to compound your gains and you're going to notice like, hey, this 20 bucks I just tossed in, now this 20 bucks is worth a hundred bucks or now it's worth a thousand dollars. And that's a really cool thing. Like if you can do that and you can be good at it and time the market and just continue to do that, you're going to outperform most people in crypto. You're going to perform, outperform hedge funds, traders, all types of stuff by doing that. Okay. Moonbag. I just love the phrase. I've never heard of it um, being called that, but makes total sense. It is certainly a way you're right to uh, slowly, but surely, maybe not so slowly, but surely build wealth. It's an opportunity to, to grow, grow your, your money. All right. So we've got a few listener questions. We let um, our listeners know that we were having you on the show. Everyone's Aww. really excited. So uh, one of our listeners at Geraldine M says, can you tell us about the environmental impact? Of course. So I'm going to tell you guys this. We need to stop as a society. I don't care what your background is as a collectively as a society. We're all humans. We need to stop listening to mainstream media because mainstream media is going to give you random things because they're trying to push a particular type of narrative. Always educate yourself on this stuff. So, yes, there is a little bit of an environmental impact that does happen with Bitcoin because it is proof of work. It does take computing power and the same with POS, which is proof of stake. But humans are notorious for leaving a carbon footprint. The carbon footprint that Bitcoin uses is not as big as it as when the United States government is printing fiat or when we're driving a car or when we are maybe taking the bus or when we are consuming particular types of foods or things like that. So yes, there is a little bit of a carbon footprint that is um, being made by Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. But the cool thing about it is like, yes, we came up, we found, you know, Bitcoin was created. It's, it solved a lot of issues, but the cool thing about it is like, we're seeing out of El Salvador, the president um, legalized it and made it legal tender. And he went ahead and said, Oh, Bitcoin's bad for the environment. Guess what? We're going to use 100% geothermal energy from volcanoes to mine it. So it's 100% natural. So all the Bitcoin mining done in El Salvador is done that way. There was two early twenties, um, young boys. I think they were like 25 or 24. They figured out a way to mine Bitcoin. I don't have the story in front of me, so I can't cite it, but they figured out a way to mine Bitcoin 
hundred percent to where it does not impact the environment with, um, okay. with resources. So and one of the things I do want to say to the audience, Bitcoin is still super new. The technology is new. It's only been around like a decade. Um, we It does impact the environment a little bit. But at the same time, we are coming up with ways to make it to where it's 100 percent safe for the environment. So I think that I think um, I think instead of like focusing on the negative aspects of it, I think we should focus on the positive aspects and how great Bitcoin is and how great it, it is in improving people's quality of life from all different backgrounds and also come up with positive ways that we can not hurt the environment, which we are currently doing so. So instead of like being negative about it, I think we should all support each other in these endeavors. Yeah. There are two sides to every coin, right? And we can focus on the negative of anything. You can focus on the negative of your husband, your wife, the kids that are driving you crazy, or you can focus on the overwhelming positive things that make you decide to show up every day and still actively engage with those people and things in your life. So I hear you with that one. Um, Another listener question at Chaxchi or Chaxchai says, uh, what apps do you recommend to buy crypto slash hold wallets? Okay. So there's two pieces of that. So when you're talking about holding wallets, um, that's going to be something completely separate from used from buying cryptocurrency. So when you want to hold your cryptocurrency and you want to actually have self-custody and please understand if you're brand new to crypto, I don't recommend self-custody. And the reason why is because I want to see you educate yourself a little bit more. And that's not me being mean in any way, shape or form. I just don't want you to be like, okay, I'm going to buy Bitcoin and then I'm going to put it on my ledger. And then you don't understand the importance of self-custody and you lose your private seed phrase and then you lose your money because that does happen a lot. That does happen a lot. There's nobody that you can call. I'm not going to send you Bitcoin, like any of that stuff. So just before you, you take that step, just please make sure that you are fully aware of the implications if you lose your private seed phrase and how to keep that. So the places that I like to go to to buy cryptocurrency um, I like, and these are all places that I use personally. I like Gemini. I like crypto.com. I like um, Celsius. I don't think you could buy there, but I use that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I like um, FTX US and where else? And Voyager. Those are platforms that I, and Coinbase. I don't really care for Coinbase too much, but I will use them in a pinch oh, if I have to. I'm curious to know why. If you feel comfortable saying that. No, I'll tell you why, because I I will tell why. Um, Because one of the reasons why I don't really care for Coinbase is they have terrible customer service. And the people that are running Coinbase, I just don't feel like they're for the people. I feel like they're very like ivory tower dwelling and they feel like Mm -hmm. they're above everybody else. Crypto is for the people. And to have that type of ivory tower mentality, I'm just not really with it. I don't I don't think that anybody's better. than Literally the opposite of what we're trying to do with this new movement and this new opportunity. But at the same time, Coinbase is a decent platform to go ahead and buy cryptocurrency on. So those are Mm -hmm. those are what I use. Um, One thing I will tell you is if you're brand new to crypto, you do not you have no business being on some random exchange that is not mainstream like none. And the way that you can kind of check that there's a, there's a website. It's called CoinGecko. I use it for a lot of different things. Um, and you basically can go there and you can kind of see all the exchanges that they have to offer. And there's they make sure that they don't put any kind of weird stuff there. But you want to use like a, if you're especially if you're brand new to crypto, you want to use a top crypto platform, a top crypto exchange mm-hmm. instead of one of these okay. janky ones. The reason why is because a lot of these come and go and they could be spam and they could like steal your money and stuff. So you want to just just yeah. pay the extra fees if they're more expensive and use like a Gemini, Coinbase, FTX, US because you're going to be a little bit safer there. 
Okay, and that's what one of my questions was going to be, is how do we avoid scammers? Uh, because we hear about these horror stories. We hear about people saying, I wired it to so-and-so, or I did the transfer, and now my money's gone. So working with these top platforms or exchanges tends to be the best route if you're really new and more susceptible, quite frankly, to being scammed. If somebody is coming to you, especially on the internet, and t- prom- making you a promise that you're going to make all this money, if, 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 a, if a random person walked up to you in the street and said, if you send me 100, if you give me $100 out of your wallet, I'm going to give you 500 back. If, if some crazy person, walk, if some person walked up to me, I'd be like, get the hell out of my face. Like I would start, I would be throwing hands and feet at that point. I'm like, get out of my personal space. Like, no, you're not. No. So you have to think of it this way, because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to approach you and be like, give me money and do this. So you don't, you never give anybody money. There's no, there's nothing you need to pay for on the internet. Like there's nothing in crypto you need to pay for. Like sometimes there are educational groups, whatever it is. And that's fine. That's your business. But you do not need to be sending anybody money. Nobody's going to be trading for you. Anybody that's promising you gains, they're full of it. Do not give your passwords out. Do not give your private seeds out. Do not click on links. Do not click on links. And stay out of DMs with strangers. Stay out of DMs with strangers. Yeah, so to be honest with you, it, it, it is hard and you do, you're going to get approached by a lot of scammers. But what I'm telling you is sometimes take a step back and kind of analyze the situation and be like, hmm, should I send that person $500? I had somebody in my Telegram group. I have a Telegram chat. There's like 2,200 people in there. And they're like, hey, Wendy, this person, I gave this, I met this guy at a conference, which was really, it was really weird. He's like, and he told me, and like, he gives me trading signals and I pay for them, which you don't need. You guys do not be paying, paying for trading signals. It's literally all a scam. And he's like, but I, 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 he's told me I need to sign up for this exchange. I never heard of this exchange he was talking about before ever. Like it was some random exchange. He's like, and so I put $900 in there, but he told me I need to deposit $30,000 to be able to withdraw it. And I'm like, what? I was like, okay, but, but you hear things like that. And I'm just like, okay, now in what worlds did that even feel like it made sense for like 0.005 seconds? But I guess it's such a new world, a new landscape that people are like, maybe in this space, that's a thing that's possible. But the thing is, is that people do take advantage of poor people. And it's not your fault, but at the same time, like cryptos can be very, very dangerous. So I would not, don't give anybody money, you guys don't. Like if you're not using a Coinbase, a Gemini, an FTX US, a crypto.com, a Voyager, some of those are like the top five crypto exchanges. Don't be giving random people your money. Like you're just, please don't do it. You're going to get, and there's no one that you can call for a refund. No one. Right. Right. Um, Our listener at Fluffy Tree asks, are NFTs a scam? So I kind of want to use that as a springboard to back up actually, and just talk NFTs quickly. So can you break down exactly what NFTs are? Should we care about them? What do you think about them? Are they worth it? Because this is the the, the, the next thing that I'm trying to wrap my mind around. So okay. at this point, I am all ears because I still cannot fully wrap my mind around why we should care. Like, I understand there's money to be made. I understand that long term. No, that's all I understand. That's all I understand okay. right now, honestly, is that there's money to be made. What What is an NFT? Why should we care? Okay, so first off, yes, there is money to be made in NFTs, but more importantly, Do you know anybody in the music industry? Yes. Okay. The people that you know in the music industry, were they ever preyed upon by predatory record labels or merchandising companies? 
or any of that stuff, licensing Absolutely, rights. Absolutely, all okay. the time. So you know that that happens, yep. that's something very common. So I've had a lot of musicians that were friends of mine growing up. My grandpa was a jazz drummer, my aunt was a guitarist, uh, my mom always had like, you know, always was always friends with musicians. I dated musicians, whatever, way back in my, my wild days. So mm-hmm. there's a story about a band. It's a punk rock band called the Ramones. Most people, if you haven't heard of them, that's fine. But most people know who they are. The band from like, I want to say it was Brooklyn or whatever. They're a very popular punk rock band. So they right. sold their merchandising rights. I want to say in the eighties or seventies, probably for like less than a hundred thousand dollars, which back then that was a lot of money. But when you sell your licensing or your merchandising rights, so basically they said this predatory company says, we'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. And that might not even been the amount, but it was kind of close up. We'll give you a hundred thousand dollars, but we want to own your merchandising rights. So your band logo. Well, guess what? The Ramones band logo, you can literally walk into almost any store and you're going to see it. You will see it. They have the Ramones logo to their band. I went in Nordstrom's and I saw it and there was some shirt that it was selling for $85, $85. So, and their friends or their, their family members, their wives that they've left don't have access to any of that, like that merchandising rights because they sold it. Oh, no, continue. I'm realizing. Okay, so I take it back. I do remember this. And I remember when I first heard the concept, loving that as someone who came from the music industry and working in the business side of it, just power back in the hands of the creator. So actually, I'm really excited for you to keep breaking this. So let's say that NFT technology was available back in the 70s and 80s before the Ramones decided to sell. And I'm sure there's a bunch of, I'm not like, the reason why I know this story is because I know somebody who is their neighbor is very good friends with them. And they, I, this story is just remembers me, but there are so many artists too, that this impact, like so, so many artists and not just them. But can you imagine if they had NFT technology and they're like, you know what? Well, we'll sell you our licensing rights for $100,000, but we're going to do it via, I'm going to sell you an NFT that's going to grant you these licensing rights. So every single time you want to use the licensing rights or the the logo, whatever it is, we're going to get royalties and we're going to utilize smart contracts that ensure that this happens. So every single time that licensing, um, that, excuse me, that merchandising right is sold, the Ramones would get a royalty. So it could be sold a million times, but they get 5% or 1% or 3% or however that's set up forever. And that's why NFTs are so powerful because poets, um, guitarists, musicians, writers, creators can literally have this NFT. We could have this NFT and they can have the smart contract set up to where we're going to sell. I'm going to like, I want to say Snoop Dogg just acquired Death Row back, which was absolutely super amazing. Yeah. yeah, And they're going to, they're doing this with this company called Gala. And so they, he released an NFT and I think they're going to, he's going to be working with them to do more things. But basically what's going to happen is, is he's going to probably from the articles and things I read, he's probably going to utilize NFTs for a lot of his music. And then people will be able to buy that. So instead of people buying CDs or whatever it is that these young kids use these days, because I know back in my day with CDs, but basically anytime something is sold that is associated with one of his music or his music, his licensing, whatever it may be, he's going to get royalties for the rest of his life. And yes, there is money to be made with all these collections that you're seeing, but the underlying use case of NFTs was to give power back to the creators. So you can you can create a song and you can say, you know, I'm going to release this song. And if you want to buy, if you want to 
be able to listen to it or however they set it up, you can buy parts of it, but I'm going to be getting royalties off the back end. So every time you flip this, right. so that's why NFTs are so important. And that's why I love them so much is because there's so many creators from all different cultures and backgrounds, artists, musicians that have just been preyed yeah. upon. Like, especially if you look back in the early, like when we're talking about jazz and R&B, like so many of those artists were taken terrible advantage of, like right. it was... Terrible. And not even just with the contracts, right? Because certainly these record labels and these sometimes the business managers, it can be your own agents or lawyers are taking advantage of you. But just the medium, like as a creative, I feel very passionately about this as someone who used to record and write music and watched people give really beautiful art to the world and then not be compensated fairly mm -hmm. for it. It really, to me, seems like a new era of artistry, a, a new way of creating art and being compensated for it to where it doesn't take as much to see a return on your creative investment, right? Like whether it's five people supporting your work or 10 or 20, you get to see dollars. You get to see money every time where, you know, up until recently, I, I feel like the industry is finally shifting and we're, we're figuring out ways to compensate um, artists fairly, but really it feels like NFTs might be that new opportunity. You, you would throw your art out into the world, your music, whatever it was, and people could just kind of take it and run with it. And you would never see that money unless you're touring and literally exchanging it for your physical presence. And who wants to do that every day right. for the rest of their lives? But the opportunity for passive income has really just been stolen from a lot of artists. Yeah. And also, speaking. too, like a lot of people don't understand. There's just... It's just it's a beautiful thing for people to get their power back. And also, too, for example, let's say that there's a small, a small, like a Midwest small town creator and they're like, you know, and they're really super talented. Well, in order for this Midwest super talented creator to get discovered, a lot of times they move to L.A. I love L.A., but at the same time, there's some predatory stuff that goes down here. OK, like some predatory stuff. OK, so this creator is going to have to move to L.A., pick up, leave their family, leave their hometown, whatever it is to potentially get discovered and potentially be put in some dangerous situations. Guess what? This creator can now utilize social media to grow their following and say, I'm going to make an NFT. I'm going to sell my art, my T-shirt, whatever it may be, and get on a platform, get on a, one of these centralized, you know, which I, we're still working on some decentralized options. So give us some time, you guys. NFTs finally like took off over mm -hmm. like over the last year. So please be patient with the technology. But they can literally go on a platform like OpenSea or LooksRare or whatever it is. X curate or FTX US, whatever. And they can literally, they can literally post their artwork, their music, whatever it is, and reach a global audience with NFT technology. So they no longer, like, if obviously you want to move to LA, we'd love to have you, but just be careful. Don't make icon. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is <laughs> right. what I'm saying is, is they're going to have an option now from NFTs to stay at home, to stay close to home and potentially, you know, make a decent income in, with, with these NFTs without having to like travel and they're going to be able to get yeah. discovered easily. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. And just for, for the sake of clarification, this is art, um, music, et cetera, that you can only experience in the digital space. Well, actually too. So, so basically an NFT is like a token. It's NFT stands for non-fungible token because when you create it, um, once it's minted, once it's put on the blockchain, it's immutable. So that means you can't change it. Like obviously there's, there's new things mm -hmm. that these people are new, all this new stuff that's coming out, but they're the way the smart contracts are also facilitated by blockchain technology. So you can't modify the smart contracts. Like once it's done, 
once it's put on the blockchain, that's it. Unless there's some sort of that's code, it. unless there's code that's written into it to modify it. But once it's up there, like it could be art, it could be music, it could be a game, like whatever it is you want to create on NFT, you can. But what some people are doing is some people are creating, um, like, for example, I think it is Dolce & Gabbana, or I correct me if I'm wrong, but what they're doing is is they're issuing, like, they're, they're still selling their bags, but they're putting an NFT with it so you can verify the authenticity of it. And some people are selling sweatshirts mm-hmm. or T-shirts, but with those T-shirts, they're also sending out NFTs so that people can verify that this was the first one made or this is the 10th one made or different things like that. So you're able to use NFTs also to track food items and to do all different kinds of really cool things. And I think in the future, once NFTs are more they're understood a little bit better we'll see them in healthcare we'll see them with voting we'll see them with all this all different industries okay you said 2022 is the year of financial freedom the best way to be your own boss is to invest in crypto i love that because one i just love the idea of being one's own boss and the empowerment that comes with that. Uh, You touched a little bit on self-sovereignty earlier um, in our conversation. For anyone who's on the fence, who hasn't invested in crypto yet, but is seriously considering it, why? Why now? What would you tell someone who wants to do it and is maybe just a little bit hesitant? Because you owe it to yourself. Mm. You owe it to yourself. And whether you decide, let's say you 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 listen to the show and you're like, you know what? I want to I want to educate myself because the, the first step is always self-educating unless, you know, unless you want to throw a little bit of money at Bitcoin. I fully support your decision in doing so. <laughs> that's your business. So that's not my business. That's not financial <laughs> advice. But honestly, you owe it to yourself. The world is such a really it just so many things have happened over the years. It's just so sad and so tragic just to see people fighting about just the smallest petty things, people canceling each other, all kinds of crazy stuff. I feel like as a society, especially in the United States, we're focusing on all this petty stuff instead of making ourselves better. Like everybody deserves a shot at having financial freedom and improving their quality of life. Like, I don't care if it's just, if making yourself happy is just like moving it like you know, leaving your apartment and being able to buy a home. And that's like the extent of your success. That's dope. Like that is absolutely amazing. It's something to commend and everybody owes it to themselves. So I think it's important to learn about what Bitcoin is because I, I, when I first invested in Bitcoin, it kind of forced me to learn about the financial markets. It forced me to learn about more about government and how the fed works and all these predatory traditional financial products that they have. And it kind of forced me to learn about them. I'm like, oh my God, like what? This is crazy. And Bitcoin is cool because not only is, does it force you to learn about history, but it forces you to learn about finance, but it's also very empowering. To me, it is the most, like no matter how much money I make, like making money is great. I have a family to support, but at the same time, I always feel most empowered when I help somebody else. And when I teach myself something new or I learn something new and part of the cool thing about my job is I get to like talk to people and I get to hear difference of opinions and learn different things. And part of being in crypto and investing in Bitcoin is you get to connect with so many people that are might be different than you and you're going to get to learn something. And I feel like humans, we take we take for granted how powerful our minds are. Like we were so focused on how our bodies look, which great, you know, everybody wants to look and feel good, but what about your mind? We forget mm-hmm. to exercise our mind. Amen. And I feel like with Bitcoin and crypto, you're going to be able, you're going to be in this really tech heavy space. It might feel a little bit uncomfortable. You might not feel like you belong at first, but guess what? You're going to find your place. You're going to find where you belong. And being in crypto is going to, or NFTs or metaverse, whatever it is, it's going to force you to 
to, to, to work your mind down, to educate yourself. And that's where the change starts to happen is once you start to kind of step outside your comfort, you learn about other people, you learn about other cultures, you learn about different financial markets, how different systems work. And that's a beautiful thing to be able to take a step back and like, oh, well, I heard this here, so I'm going to apply it to this conversation. And let me tell you something. Part of the reason why I was able to be so successful in crypto and Bitcoin is because of my network, because mm. I was always super shy. I didn't think I was important. I, I mattered. But I was like, you know, I'm going to start putting myself out there. So I started putting myself out there networking and it's just the best thing ever. And I just I feel like it's so important for people to to teach themselves and learn. I do free meetups in the L.A. County. I can't wait to host one again. I just haven't because all the crazy mm-hmm. stuff. But but those are there's so much fun because I get yeah. to learn from other people and it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, beautifully said. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you offer so much information and so many educational tools online. One, where can people find you? What resources do you currently offer? And is there any book or course that you recommend people check out if they do want to learn more about this space? So all of my handles are always at Crypto Windio for YouTube, for TikTok, for Twitter, for Instagram. I will never DM you. I love you all. I think you all are amazing, beautiful people, but I'm never going to be in your DMs. I don't have time to be in people's DMs. <laughs> Do not send anybody money, anything. I've got a lot of impersonators, but I'm all over social media. Um, I have a free, I've got my website. I have a free newsletter. We've got a lot of really great information there. Um, so if you want to subscribe, whatever, that's cool. I also have, I'm a part of a community called um, Crypto nights and we're a discord we have a premium and we have a free um chat but basically the premium is like 25 bucks a month but you get like there's like four or five of us creators and you get to you get access to us you can literally ask me a question or whatever it is and if you don't want to do that that's fine you can send me an email i promise i'll do my best to get back to you as far as free information i've got the free newsletter wendy's white paper it's a really really great thing um it's a, it will always be free. It's self-funded by me, but a really great place to start to learn about, um, kind of get your feet wet. I really love Investopedia and I shill it all the time just because it's free and it's literally, you can learn so many things there. So there's that also to, um, FTX US, they have an app. They have an app and on that app, like you can track your portfolio and stuff. But the cool thing about it, and it's 100 percent free, but the cool thing about it is they have a bunch of news stories. And I think it's important for people to start educating themselves and reading news and all of those, all that type of stuff, because that's how we start to learn um, what else, what else, what else is free. CoinGecko is 100 percent free and you can learn a lot about cryptocurrency there. Um but there's a lot of there's seriously a lot of free resources yeah. out there. And it just it kind of depends what you want to learn about. But there's there's different free resources. And again, I do daily videos and all that type of stuff. And if you guys have any questions, drop me an email and we'll try to cover something for you. Love that. Crypto Windy O, you guys. Um, lastly, this podcast is all about best life minus the burnout. So it's okay. How do we do the things we want to do? How do we go after what we want to do? But from a place of wellness and being centered, because I'm a big believer in, you know, achieving your goals is only worth it if you're happy while you're achieving them. Being surrounded by beautiful, pretty, nice expensive thing, whatever the things are, doesn't matter if you are miserable or stressed or constantly swallowed by anxiety. Um, so we always ask about the, the self-care regimen, the, the way to wellness for our, our guests. So I'm curious to know, you know, investment is so high stakes, crypto, especially for a lot of us. What's the key for you? What are the things that you do to seek balance and wellness as not just, you know, this this connoisseur in this space, but also a mother and a woman who just deserves to feel good for herself? What are your non-negotiables? How do you practice self-care? 
So self-care is super important to me. And I love that we're talking about this because a lot of people forget to take care of themselves. So some of the things I do, exercise is so important to me. Very, very, very important to me because I... I suffer from like, um, from extreme anxiety and depression. Um, I have ADHD, like I've got all different types of issues. Some of it is trauma related. Some of it is, you know, just genetic. So one of the things that really helps me is exercise. And I've really, you guys might think this is crazy, but I have taken solace in boxing. Mm, I learned to box when I was, it's so much fun. You have to come. Okay. So you're going to have to come down. You're going to have to, you're going to have to come down to Pomona, California. Um, there's a boxing gym I support called the Self-Care Lab. The owner is Miss Nita. She is a good friend of mine. Um, we're still, if anybody's watching this and you guys know of a facility, a building um, in Claremont, Laverne, uh, Pomona, please email me. We've been looking for a building for six months. Um, the story is like, I just want to like go off and go off on this professional boxer that bought the building from oh. Nita. Oh. But anyways... We'll talk. I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to go off too much. No. <laughs> like, oh, you want me to go off? I'll go. Off. I'll go off. I'll go off. You, you have a, you have a 30 second go off. If you need to speak your truth, let it out. So, so, so Mr. Mr. Professional Boxer, Leo Santa Cruz, that took that bought the boxing gym, the self-care lab from Nita in Pomona, California, which is a fully licensed nonprofit that services inner city kids. Mm. We are looking for a place because this guy stole our building. But anyways. Okay. We're going to have to talk more about that because I'm very curious to hear the backstory. Yeah. So I, and I had to call him out too, because please, but anyway, so I, I go to the self-care lab. We don't have a facility right now, but she, she offers boxing as a form of mental health. So Mm. boxing is a really great way way for me to cope and kind of be in, cause I feel like I'm in control. Cause I could, I toss those paws, Mm. but I've been boxing since I've been 16, but working, working out is really great for me. It it helps me. Um, I do one of the things I do in the morning when I, wake up, I force myself to do positive affirmations. Mm-hmm. I force myself to do positive affirmations and, um, just tell like, there's certain things that I want, but after I'm done doing my positive affirmations, I think about how I can like, when I achieve those goals, how I can give back mm-hmm. because you have to give it, to get it. Mm-hmm. You have to give it, to get it. And it might like, everybody's different, but one of the ways like for me, I'll, sometimes I'll smile at somebody or I always make sure when I'm in a store, I ask the cashier, how is your day? And make eye contact with people, even if it's like that. And like, and so that's important to me is to give back to my community centers. Community centers are a big thing um, to the House of Ruth in L.A. County that help DVSA survivors. Mm. So it's always important to give back. And I just I try to be as thankful as possible and um that, that's how I practice self-care. Mm, be- beautiful answer. Listen, I got to see you in these gloves now. Like, I'm so curious. It's been a while since I was in the ring. But when I tell you the best way to blow off steam, I never feel stronger. Um, the the natural endorphins, like, I, I will gladly go check out the lab. I don't know. Are you guys, like, just kind of hopping around, picking spots and doing your thing? We're in a park right now. Okay. Awesome. Me and she's, she's in the park with the kids. And so what we like, we really need a facility. So if anybody knows of a place, please drop me a line. We have money. We've been able to raise quite a bit of money in crypto, in mm. crypto. Mm-hmm. So we've been able to raise money in crypto. We're just looking for a spot now. And it's kind of hard because, you know, whatever. But if anybody knows of a spot, please drop me a line. We'd be happy to check it out. All right. And we'd be happy to have you too. I'm going to hold you to that. You're going to have to come down. Yes. The kids would be so, they would be so happy. Oh, I'm down. I'm down. Sign me up. We'll talk. We'll offline um, to continue that conversation. But in the meantime, Wendy, oh, thank you so much. This was such a great one-on-one. Like, I feel like we, we leaned you. a little bit into like 101.5 even um, in a great way. So hopefully our listeners, I know our listeners are going to walk away with a lot of new tools and information and resources. So thank you so much for your time. 
Thank you. And I want, I need to get you on too, so we can talk 2.0. Yes, let's go. 2.0. Let me start studying up so I can dust off the, dust off the rust, shake it off. Or just come ask me whatever and we'll talk about it. Perfect. Okay. Now I'm, I'm definitely in. Uh, thank you so much, Wendy. You guys, if you want more information, if you're interested in utilizing any, any of Wendy's resources or tools, don't forget you can follow her Crypto Wendy O or check out her website, which is CryptoWendyO.com. Okay. Thank you again to Wendy O for the deep dive into crypto. Now all I want to know is who's ready to buy? Are we ready to buy in? I'm curious to know what you think. Leave me a review. Uh, shoot me a DM at Zeri Hall at Hot Happy Mess. And stay tuned for part two of the crypto conversation because I have an amazing sit down with a real woman who I absolutely adore. You're going to love her. She is killing it in the crypto game and she's sharing gems on how we can build generational wealth. Before we head out, I really, really want to hear from you. So tell me what you're thinking of this episode. You can head over to hothappymess.com and drop me a voice recording. I might feature it in the show. It could be a review. It could be a question. You could just say, what's up? And speaking of reviews, here's a quick one from a lovely listener at 22 Queenie says, no complaints. I absolutely love this podcast. I appreciate all of the gems. Literally no complaints. Love the energy. I love you, Queenie. (laughs) Thank you for that. I so appreciate the support. If you're listening and loving what you're hearing, drop me a review on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple and share this episode with a friend. Send it to somebody right now, por favor, please. If you liked it and you know someone who would also like it, if you know someone who you're trying to sell on the concept of crypto or who wants a one-on-one breakdown, send it. Matter of fact, put it in the group chat so I know it's real. Send this to all your girls. Send it to all your homies right now so you can put them on game like the real one that I know you are. Okay, follow me on Instagram if you want to talk when I stay up to date with my whereabouts and happenings until next week's episode next wednesday at z-u-r-i-h-a-l-l and at hot happy mess and i'll see you next wednesday bye Bye. i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.